At the recent Hands-On Data Conference 2023, attendees were immersed in a day-long event where experts and B2B data enthusiasts got together for a deep dive into discussions about artificial intelligence and the data landscape. Focal themes included generative AI, data sharing and sovereignty, emphasizing the imperative of cooperation and trust within those topics. As you know, this particular episode, along with the one we published right before, were captured live during the event. Our goal is to deliver episodes back-to-back fueled by the insights we gleaned during the HotCon. Having hosted numerous experts on our stage, we've condensed their discussions into these episodes. Our mission? To magnify the impact of these insightful conversations and share them with a bigger audience. Joining us to unravel the world of AI, we will explore what composes it, how it's transforming various industries, the ethical considerations it entails, and the future it holds. Today, we're honored to have Nicole Butner, founder and CEO of Merentix Momentum, and Sebastian Kleff, CEO and co-founder of Sovity, with whom we start talking today. Thank you so much for joining us, um, Sebastian. First of all, I'd like to hear from you a little bit about yourself. So could you just introduce you? My name is Sebastian, a co-founder and CEO of Sovety, and I'm involved in the topic of data spaces since yeah, a couple of years, 2016, where um, many different uh, yeah, initiatives were created to start the topic of data spaces. Yeah. Since we're talking about data spaces, what is actually that? What are data spaces and how do they differ from traditional data storage? Data spaces enable a standardized way of data sharing in a scalable way based on, on standardized communication protocols. Um, this is one key aspect. And secondly, um, data sovereignty. That means that I as a data owner can decide or have the full control over the data which I'm sharing. So this is what you define as data sovereignty. Um, could you elaborate a bit more and also explain uh, why is it becoming such a becoming such a critical issue nowadays. Especially industrial companies are holding back their sensitive information. So 80% of the data is not used in Europe. And this is because companies don't want to give away sensitive data, business critical informations. And um, data spaces enable this. Um, They allow a decentralized approach that I keep the data with me as a data owner. I'm not uploading it to to a cloud and then it's gone and I don't have control over it. It's with me all the time until I'm sharing it. And when I'm sharing it, I can strictly define for what purposes, for how long or who can see which part of the data. So this is why is it important and this is why it's also a critical issue nowadays. Would you say so? Yes, because the data um, yeah, needs to be shared. And when I'm just sitting on a huge bag of data or databases, I don't uh, benefit from the value of it. Okay, perfect. Um, you directly work with both subjects, both topics, data spaces, data sharing, data sovereignty, because of Sovety, the company you co-founded. So I would also like to hear from you a bit of what Sovety does and how it started. 
we started um, or in a part of this data space topic since uh, quite a while. Um, the concrete idea about Sovety started in 2021 when we saw that um, yeah, data spaces are there as a concept, but not applied and scaled too much in the industry. We have identified that one topic uh, is or one issue is the technical complexity for industrial companies to participate. They, there is open source software available, however, how to apply it, how to use it. And this was um, yeah, one of the key insights uh, why we um, as a founding team, but also related with some yeah, industrial partners from, from, from different companies or research institutes, where we decided, yeah, it is worth to found a company to bring in a software as a service, which exactly um, yeah, takes this burden of technical complexity and provides an easy access to, to data sovereignty. Since, um, so um, talking about sovereignty now, what type of emerging technologies or products or services itself are emerging now with, um, with Sovety and um, in a more practical way, how do you plan or you already the, um, solve these, this issue? We are the foundation to share data between companies, between partners and based on the principle and standards of data spaces. This is the foundation for many different use cases. One example could be the CO2 footprint. So a car needs to, car from manufacturer needs to communicate how much CO2 emissions this car production um, has, has created. And this means connecting to thousands of suppliers who then need to communicate sensitive information. And this is one of uh, yeah, very great examples um, how the technology is the foundation for a key use case. Perfect. Uh, the main reason why you're here today is to take part on our panel discussion, which is called data sharing in times of AI. The, uh, the discussion will start soon, but I would like to hear from you from now on. What do you expect from it? What would you like to learn or maybe to, to discuss what type of topics do you expect to come up from today? I'm very eager to learn from the other panelists and experts um, how they see um, AI in the context of data sharing between companies. Because I think it's still um, that AI is super important and on top of every CIO's agenda since OpenAI and ChatGPT appeared. However, this also requires um, making data available and accessible. I want to, to understand how this fits together to the topic of data sovereignty. Perfect. I think that's, that's all for today. I hope you have a very uh, productive, uh, productive discussion, so to speak, but also a very nice day here at uh, the Hands-On Data Conference. And I hope, you I hope to see you soon as well, also as part of our projects and our um, events and whatever you, you want to join us for. Thank you so much once again. And yeah, enjoy the event. Thank you very much. As we continue this series of interviews, our conversation takes us to Nicole Büttner, sharing her experience in taking part of our conference, her professional journey, and her thoughts on the interplay between data and cooperation. So thank you so much for joining us, uh, for joining us, Nicole. I'm happy to, we are all happy to have you here today. And as we usually do, I would like to hear from yourself also a brief introduction. So could you present yourself? The stage is yours. Well, thanks for, um, also for having me. I'm, um, yeah, my name is Nicole Puttner. I'm originally from southern Germany, Karlsruhe. I uh, born and raised there. I'm an economist by training. And today I'm an, I'm an entrepreneur, an investor, and also sit on some company boards. And my mission is basically to get AI adoption in Europe high. 
um, to build new businesses, new business models with the help of AI and data-driven models and um, yeah, make sure that we as a region, as a country, as a continent stay relevant and competitive in a, in a world that's quickly advancing. And, and yeah, I believe AI is going to be a technology that changes everything for all of us and we need to understand how to use it and make use of it. Nice. So I could even start with this first question. How to stay competitive? Like how Germany can stay competitive in such a developing world, so to speak, or maybe to put in a different way, in such a um, ever-changing world? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think Germany has, I mean, is a Germany is an economy that is admired around the world, right? It's one of the largest economies globally. It has very um, significant world champions in many domains, right? We're big in manufacturing, medical products, you know, um, chemicals, a lot of lot of different niches. And I think, um, how do we stay competitive in a world where one technology or several technologies are disrupting these businesses and our realities, the way we interface with clients, the way we develop product, um, so quickly right it's it's such fast change how do we how do we stay competitive in a, in a world like this is quite complex and and i believe there are there are two three points one is um marrying this knowledge and ingrained i would say entrepreneurship that exists in germany right all these successful family often family-owned businesses that have uh, have conquered the world with their products and services um, that's a really cool resource that we have and how do we marry this with all the new entrepreneurs that are out there, startups, um, how do we leverage this power? And I think there is a lot of room for collaboration and for creating ecosystems together to think about new products and new services jointly. And I think that's one way, one way to do it. And I think uh, the second thing is, is marrying this deep sector expertise with technological expertise. So one thing that we're realizing is that um, when you're, when you're, for example, looking at all these foundation models that are coming up, that's basically a, a normal, I mean, that's a language model, right? It's basically can speak English and can summarize amazing things, but all the knowledge that's ingrained in the companies that we have in Germany, about production processes, about developing products and services, that's something we can really leverage as a knowledge base. And we need to be able to understand how to do this with technology and AI. That's the second way. And, um, I think the third the third thing is is a mindset question. So I think we just have to embrace this. I mean, I'm I'm German and I know I like to complain about things, but I, I try to stay optimistic because we have a lot of really cool assets here, and we just need to get over ourselves and use them and leverage them, and and do sort of all the great things you know that that are made in Germany. It's like it's not only you could make them in Germany, you can still make them in Germany. And I think that's a mindset a shift of kind of, yeah, rediscovering that strength and that capability and uh, unlocking it. <laughs> how is it possible to change the mindset? How could we do it? <laughs> how can you change the mindset? I think, um, yeah, th I mean, that's a, that's a difficult question. But I think one, I mean, one thing that helps me maybe is to think about, okay, what did other people overcome in the past, right? We have these, I mean, in German history specifically, but in many uh, countries, you see a lot of, Hardship, right? So in Germany, there's this image of these, these the women who rebuilt Germany, basically. So if you're starting from that as a reference point, you're thinking the problems that we're facing today are are maybe not as big as rebuilding an entire country. When you're thinking about um, countries like Ukraine facing um, invasion, 
and rising to the occasion, I think not underestimating yourself could be could be a big part of it. And, and think about okay, is this problem really that big, or is it actually manageable? And we just need to kind of get get on it and get get it going. I think that's um, that's one part. And I think the second thing is also admitting that we don't always know everything, admitting this ambiguity and. And just saying, okay, we're gonna, we're probably gonna fail. We're gonna try to fail fast and not waste too much money and time failing. Um, but um, we're gonna embrace that and we're gonna make, make mistakes. And to allow that both on a level, in, I mean, as a private person, as an employee at a company, but also, I mean, even if we think about the scale of politics, um, the tolerance for errors, I, I would say, uh, we can work on that. And it's somebody everybody can do, something everybody can do. Uh, one of the main reasons why you came to visit us today, Nesson, was to present your keynote speech, mm -hmm. Ecosystems, Gardening and Data. And I think I was not the only person who got a bit like, what or how do this, all these themes or the, all these subjects, they fit together. Mm -hmm. So could you talk a bit uh, about your keynote speech and how all these topics come together? Yes, for sure. So I guess it starts with mm, a world that I feel is... Um, complex, is fast-changing, a lot of disruptive technology, a lot of political change, a lot of challenges, the climate crisis, right? Um, and that can be overwhelming. And I think it's legitimately a world where linear models don't work anymore. So this, um, I'm an economist, so I, I was trained like competition makes everything better, so the best um, solution will, will, and will win, and that's fundamentally something I think is, that's not wrong, but I think it excludes a view where you think, okay, ecosystems and different players in ecosystems are crucial to solve these problems. So we need startups, small innovators. We need researchers who do foundation research on some topics and to, who develop some of this intellectual property in these specific niche knowledge topics. We need big corporates to scale the production and scale products quickly. So we need the strengths of all the different players, large or small, young or old, in the ecosystem to actually get to a solution the fastest way possible and probably also the best way possible. And that's why I think ecosystems are very crucial. Um, and when I marry this with the, with the data of, uh, with the, the topic of data and AI, um, it's, it's quite similar. So data and AI models are usually much better the bigger they are. And The way some of these models have been built right now is um, often in B2C applications where you can basically reach the whole world with a few clicks through social media platforms, for example, through search platforms. Um, or some of the foundation models we see today, the large language models, they have been trained on large amounts of language data, which is essentially the data that's out there on the internet. So basically they scrape the internet and put it in a model. Um, when we think about the strengths again, in, in Europe and in Germany more specific, we're really strong at B2B. We're really strong at deep industrial processes, at R&D-focused processes, at hardware and so on. And these data sets, you, they are usually, they sit in individual companies. And those individual companies will need to connect in ecosystems and share this data and create common ground to build the next generation of foundation models, industrial foundation models, where we pour um, the knowledge we have about these deep industrial processes into machine learning models. So we will need to, I believe, create these common data pools um, to 
stay competitive also in the in the world of AI and also to um, create new products and services and leverage also all the possibilities of AI. And I think that is really nourished by ecosystems because you need some trust to do it. And I think ecosystems really help. And I think the gardening image is, is very much... Um, um, I, you don't have images now, but I was kind of, <laughs> I guess, coming from where I grew up um, in near Karlsruhe, there are a lot of these allot allotment gardens, Schrebergärten. Mm -hmm. And I think the image I wanted to create is to say, okay, we need to maybe leave this behind and tear down the fences of all these allotment gardens and start thinking in landscapes. And what is our place in a landscape um, when we're interacting with, uh, with, with others? And uh, I think that's, that's the way fully integrated data and AI-driven companies will work in the future. You will, have, you will have your strength and your sweet spot and you will be complemented by other players who will take your blind spots and make them their strength. I think that um, a very common question that um, people probably ask you when it comes to these type of subjects or the idea of sharing or your data or your information. Uh, many people might ask, then I will be probably sharing my secrets with other companies, mm. so to speak. Um, how can you also change the mindset of these companies, mm -hmm. of the maybe even the startups or these small companies uh, to avoid this thinking of, I won't share my secrets because then I will have a disadvantage. Mm -hmm. How can we change the mindset and see it as a good opportunity and not something that's not going to bring us, um, yeah, yeah something thank good. Thanks for that question. I think maybe sometimes I should replace data sharing with making data reusable. Because in the end, um, the information contained in data has different levels, right? And obviously, some of it you don't want to share. <laughs> and I, 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 my, my um, proposal is not to share all your trade secrets with your immediate competitors. That would be just stupid. <laughs> but to think about how can you create reusable industry-wide data pools where you share certain layers of this information with other companies. So, for example, up and down times of your machine park. You can think about, is that so crucial? Um, and even in a, in a way that, um, I mean, today we have technological possibilities that the person who's using the data and, and working on a model does not actually have to see the actual data pool. <laughs> so it's almost like behind the veil that you're, that you're training those models. So I think we need to think about um, those things and technologically we have the tools to do this. Um, but still, it's about people and them thinking that, oh yeah, it could be valuable. It will probably be better for the thing, the product, the service I'm trying to develop if I actually have access to other people's data and if I give them access um, to, to some of my data. And, and that doesn't mean just handing over everything and you know, opening the shop completely, not at all. In summary, a bit more of cooperation, so to speak. Yeah, cooperation. Um, a little shift I had um, now uh, on the subject. Um, you're founder of the Merentix Momentum, if mm -hmm. I'm not mistaken, uh, your startup. Um, could you talk a bit about what Merentix Momentum does and yeah, what you do nowadays with it? Sure. Um, m maybe I'm wearing like um, two, three hats. So I'm, I have one hat as the founder and CEO of Merentix Momentum and we basically are a tech-enabled service company. We help um, corporates and uh, SMEs and government agencies to build digital and AI-driven products. Um, yeah, so basically we hand over software. It could be quality control software. It could be um, uh, 
conversational AI software. It could be um, knowledge uh, management software um, where you can use conversational AI to kind of um, onboard and, and, and do more effective knowledge management. It can be in many domains um, or demand forecasting for, for production companies. Mm, and then I have another role um, as a member of the investment committee in, at the Marantix Fund. So there we're essentially looking to create new AI and data-driven business models, and we have a fund to um, build ventures with founders, and we've built 10 of them. Um, and that's, I would say, another hat I'm wearing. So new product companies, um, completely new business models, and Marantix Momentum helping existing companies build AI-driven products and, and business models. And then the third thing is the AI campus where we... Uh, essentially are trying to do our part in building the ecosystem. So we have the biggest AI ecosystem in Europe, um, based in Berlin. There are 1,000 people on the AI campus in Berlin. And um, we had around 100,000 visitors to our events in the last 12 months. Um, and basically, we bring together startups, investors, researchers, um, the university spinouts, uh, corporate teams, um, government, the first GovTech um, campus in, in Germany is, in, is also part of the the AI campus. So we try to bring all the different stakeholders we we think we need to create the best products and services we can and also to make the technology visible and accountable because we're building this from Berlin, from Germany, right, from Europe and we don't want people to be afraid of the technology. We want to say, hey, we're here <laughs> and we're accountable for what we're doing. Perfect. One last, one last question before we finish now. Um, I would like to hear from you what what were your impressions of our event so far? And yet what do you still expect to see from now on? Mm -hmm. So I was really impressed. Um, there, it's a, it's a very international crowd. I saw startups from, from Lisbon and sort of all over Europe. I think that was great. And there are also a lot of startups here. I was really um, surprised to see that so many um, founders are here. I think there are over 30 um, exhibitors yes. in the startup program. I think that's really cool. Um, and I think um, what I'm looking forward to are more of these, um, the, let's say, the d data challenge sessions. I think that will be very interesting to see um, how do you actually respond to real-world problems with data and AI tools. That's also what we do at Momentum, and I think that's ultimately my so what. I don't really care about technology that much. I care about humans and about creating answers to problems and challenges that humans have, and I think that's... I hope that's what's happening this afternoon, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think after all, that's uh, our goal as well, I could say this way. Thank you so much for, for joining us. And I hope to see you again soon, also here in Essen. Maybe you can also make a visit in Berlin. <laughs> and thank you so much for your participation. I hope you still enjoy a lot at our event, our conference. And yeah, thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Ruben. The second part of this special interview series captured live during the hands-on data conference is nearing its end. But before that, here's one final remark. We were thrilled to announce our data challenges for this year. They're driven by a vision to bridge established companies with innovative startups from around the globe. Over a span of three months, they collaborate on ideas, work methods, and pioneering solutions. This year, Vonovia and Tuvnod have carefully crafted five exciting challenges. This is your chance to shine, showcasing your expertise in AI and data science. The challenge winners will gain access to exclusive data sets provided by these companies and can secure up to 20,000 euros for the proof of concept. 
If this collaboration proves successful, it could evolve into a long-lasting partnership. Your startup could potentially attract leading companies as new customers. Sounds amazing, doesn't it? Then don't miss it out. Apply now. For more details, visit our website, handsondata.de slash data dash challenges. The podcast is brought to you by the Hands on Data Initiative, or simply HOT. Our main goal is to unite startups, established companies, enthusiasts, and experts to unleash and maximize the data potential of Germany's largest industrial region, the Ruhr area. Thank you so much for being here with us.